This is Gesher, the podcast that's bridging the gap between the Jewish and evangelical Christian communities with conversations that matter. Here's your host, Ty Perry, with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Gesher. Glad to have you with me. You know, here's a question for you. When you hear the word Holocaust, what comes to mind? Like many Americans, you may think of black and white photos of emaciated concentration camp survivors, or you might picture gas chambers, striped uniforms, and Star of David patches. But unless you are one of the dwindling number of Holocaust survivors living today or their liberators, chances are good that the events of the Holocaust, though emotionally moving, are still events you learned about in a history book. Well, my guest today works each day to change that educational model. She teaches the Holocaust by taking people directly to some of the very places where it occurred with a program called the International March of the Living. The March of the Living is an annual educational program bringing individuals from around the world to Poland and to Israel to study the history of the Holocaust and to examine the roots of prejudice, intolerance, and hatred. Marcia Tatzwalner has been involved with the March of the Living for more than 20 years, and this has led 11 delegations on the March of the Living. Today, she serves as Western Region Director with the March of the Living, and I want to welcome Marcia to today's program. Good to see you, Marcia. Great seeing you, Ty. Well, Marcia, I had the privilege of going on the March of the Living uh, with you and our mutual friend, Rabbi Felipe Goodman, uh, back in 2019. And I'll tell wow. you that, that I know, <laughs> wow, can you believe no. it was that many years ago already? It changed my, it, it changed my whole view of the Holocaust. I knew about the Holocaust. I work in the Jewish community. I work at, I volunteered at a Holocaust center. I was passionate about making sure people understood the lessons of the Holocaust and the history, but going there at to Poland, seeing some of these camps and the sites of the Holocaust made it so much more real to me. And that was thanks to you and thanks to the March of the Living. Tell us a little bit about the history of the March of the Living and the mission of the organization. Okay, great. Um, and it was wonderful having, you know, having you and just really seeing it from a different, you know, lens. Mm. So the March of the Living um, was started in 1988. So this is our 35th anniversary, which is actually an exciting year. Um, this year in general is a big year for the march because it's the 80th anniversary of the warsaw ghetto uprising mm. it's israel's 75th anniversary it's the march's 35th so like there's a lot of logos around um so when it started similar to today but a little different um it was felt was actually founded by some americans and some um israelis actually an israeli knesset member was involved in it and really feeling that it was important for teens, young adults, um, primarily from the United States, but also from around the world to really understand what the Holocaust was. And if we think now from our statistics that people don't know what the Holocaust was, um, 35 years ago it was still becoming an issue. Mm. So um, the idea was really to take teens to the camps and really understand the history. I think things have changed. Pedagogically, things have changed. We need to understand the war and what was lost prior to the war um, and then look at that time frame. And we also now have added in 
um, understanding what's going on in terms of Polish Jewry today, like, you know, when we had dinner at the Jewish Community Center, those things weren't a part of the initial march. Um, we do programming with Righteous Among the Nations, those that are, you know, just like survivors, those that are still alive with us. And another piece of the March of the Living is also we have the one week in Poland and then we have one week in Israel. So walk us through uh, what this trip entails. Now, it's called the March of the Living. So there is there is some walking involved, but there's a lot right. more to it than that. So tell listeners w- what is involved. Okay, in the so March the reason the for the name of the March of the Living, it's sort of a play on words, I guess, of the idea of the death marches, which were um, done at the end of the war prior to liberation, um, sort of when the Nazis were really realizing that whether or not liberation was coming from the Russians or from the Americans, they were trying to close different camps and move those survivors, primarily Jews at that point, onto other camps. So they were called death marches. Most were happening in January, like um, when Auschwitz was liberated the end of January of 45, there was a lot of snow. So Mm. people were literally walking, marching in the snow, many dying along the way. So those were the death marches. So the name March of the Living was set because we are thank goodness, able to walk out of those camps, something that was not able to be done at that point. Mm. So that's sort of the juxtaposition of the languages. Sure. Now, when I was there, um, we went to Madonic, we went to Treblinka, um, certainly Auschwitz-Birkenau, but there are other places that we go that maybe most most casual students of the Holocaust wouldn't think of. Uh, I think of Bialystok, for example. Could you talk a little bit about these sites that are not camps and yet are still pertinent to the Holocaust history? Right. So the year that you went, um, that was the year that Ben Midler, our survivor, was with us, right? Correct. Yes. So we had the opportunity um, to have a survivor with us, um, and we really followed his path. So that sort of added more in terms of the conversation and the experience for our teens and for our adults. So Ben was born in Bialystok. So we went to his hometown. Um, we saw a monument of the synagogue, which the Jews were brought to and they were locked inside and it was burned. He luckily has a story of why he was not there. Then we went up north a little more of Poland and we saw a synagogue in the city of Tikochin. And what's very interesting about the synagogue is when you enter on one side panel of the door, it says that it's a synagogue because it was. Um, And on the other side, it says it's a museum. So we have to understand what does that mean when we have a place that was a synagogue, but there aren't Jews living in Tikochin anymore. Um, It really looks like the same town that it did, you know, 40 years ago or longer. Um, And we have then that it's a museum now. So we saw that city um, and that town and the village. We saw the marketplace and we saw the synagogue. Then we drove over to 
a forest um, called Lupachova during the Holocaust. Um, the members of the town of Tikotin were marched, walked over to the forest of Lupachova, and there are mass graves there. Mm -hmm. We were on our bus and we asked our delegation to be quiet. Um, and then we got to the forest and then we understood that there are mass graves that were there. Um, and then from there we went to Treblinka. So there are places that yes, people have heard of and places that people haven't heard of. And we want to be able to give those experiences um, along the way. It's, yeah. it's a difficult trip. Um, I know I'm sort of talking about the, the lower ends of, you know, the, um, you know, goes up and down um, because we also see the opportunity of understanding about Jewish life today, the Jewish preschools that are happening, um, and especially really now knowing what the Jewish community in Poland is doing for the Ukrainian refugees. So there's a lot that we have to unpack while we're there. Sure. Now, I want to ask you personally, um, and I'll say this, when I went, it impacted me emotionally, particularly going to Madonic. Um, mm -hmm. That was that was extremely um, touching. Um, I don't know. I don't know the right word, but it, it affected me deeply. You go every year, just about every year. You're going on your twelfth this year. Right. Um, there has to be something there, something in this job that gets you involved and makes you keep going back and taking groups. Talk about that. Personally, why do you do what you do? <laughs> um, it's not easy. And I think people have asked me this before. And I think if I were to get to the point that I did not, if it didn't impact me emotionally, then it would be time for me to say, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, so I think that emotional aspect of it um, is very important. I came about it from when I was working at the Agency for Jewish Education. It became one of my, you know, job description pieces. But now it's really become much more of a mission and a passion. Mm. Um, and done a lot of educational seminars on the Holocaust since. Um, I think one thing which is really amazing is watching our teens and how they experience being in Poland and how they experience being in Israel and sort of seeing it through their eyes, through our reflections in the evening and talking to them or talking to them as we walk, um, how they are experiencing it. So it sort of, you know, gives me inside track um, in terms of how they are doing. Um, but I always see and learn new things along the way this year we'll be going to a couple cities and places which I haven't been to. So um, I guess, you know, when we I put the itinerary together, I try to add new places for me to be able to learn and see and experience. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. When, when we were there uh, near the end of the time in Poland, I think it was the last day, um, mm -hmm. we all can, we march from Auschwitz one to Auschwitz two, Auschwitz Birkenau. And mm -hmm. I was standing with Rabbi Goodman. We were looking at, uh, the remains or the ruins of a gas chamber slash, 
uh, well, it the was crematorium. a gas chamber in the crematorium. Yeah. And right. I was talking to him about this and I just said, you know, Felipe, this is, this is awful. And he said something, I'll never forget this. He said, yeah, but Ty, look behind you. And we turned around and there is the mm. gathering of 10,000 uh, Jewish young people. And he right. said they didn't win. And as yep. soon as he said that, uh, a passage of, of from the prophets came to mind, Jeremiah 31, where God says, you know, despite all that's go- that befalls the Jewish people, I will never allow them to be destroyed. And that was a moment that um, I'll never forget. I wonder, I'm sure during your many tours, you've had moments like that, or you've had experiences that stand out. Can you, can you share one or two of those uh, moments that have are particularly uh, clear in your memory? I, you know, it's that stream of, of blue, which is what Felipe was referring to because we all wear the blue March of living jacket. So mm-hmm. if you go on the website, you will see these blue jackets. Um, and yes, the power of the March is, are the numbers mm-hmm. uh, because there are other groups that go and go to Poland, go to Israel. And that's wonderful and important. But when you see that we are there, when you're walking from Auschwitz to Birkenau and you actually go up um, over a ramp underneath the, our train tracks, not tra- the same train tracks that were there um, during the war, those are separate ones. Um, and you look behind you and you see that sea. I mean, Felipe's right. That just gives you, you know, we are still here um, and we're here to carry on those legacies. Um, Many times I've been able to be with survivors. And as Ellie Wiesel said, if you listen to a witness, you become a witness. Um, Some years we don't have that opportunity. And as they are getting older, that opportunity will be less and less. So we need to figure out how do we bring those stories. You know, I'm bringing a second generation this year on the march. So she will tell her mother's story um you have to figure out all those things so yes the sea of blue is incredible um hearing survivors and as difficult as it is if they were in that camp and they're telling us that story them sharing their story with us is so um emotional and will stay with me you know when ben told his story and we were blessed with Ben, who was able to tell his story along the way. I'm sure many people have heard survivors and they, you know, they'll speak for 45 minutes or for an hour and a half or whatever. Ben was able to tell a piece here and there along the way. Um, unfortunately, he was in so many different camps. So like he was in Majdanek and he was in Auschwitz. And then he actually went to Israel and he served um, in the Haganah. And he continued his story onto you know, across in the ocean brought us to Israel and finished his story there. Mm. Um, so that was just, that was incredible. Yeah. So just those moments, um, being with the teens and being able to be there for them, um, really at the hardest moments, I've had a few teens that just literally fell apart and um, being able to be there with them and, raise them up literally and figuratively. Um, one in particular, I had to do that in Auschwitz. Mm. I'm at the killing wall outside um, building 10 where Mengele's experiments were. 
Um, and that was just powerful. I will always like, remember holding her. Sure. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned too, that like with Ben's story, um, mm-hmm. he ended up going to Israel and the participants on the March also go to Israel. And right. I remember it was such a stark contrast being in Poland and then getting on a plane, going to Israel and it's celebratory. We, we started off, uh, I think just gathering very quickly on the, on the near a beach in Tel Aviv. Um, right. there's a purpose for going to Israel. What is that? Why does the march take these young adults to Israel after seeing Poland? Well, I think part of it, and it's not the only reason, is if there had been an Israel, would there have been the Holocaust? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean like that is the only reason, mm-hmm. um, but that is a piece of it, um, that there is a Jewish nation that the Jews can go to. So that is a piece of it. But also that roller coaster of emotions also plays out in Israel. We're there, yes, for Israel Independence Day. But the day beforehand is Yom Zikaron is um, Israel's Memorial Day, different from the Memorial Day that we have here in the United States when there's barbecues and everything like that. There it's a solemn day. Um, there's a siren and everything stops. If you're driving, you pull over, you get out of the car and you stand um, in silence for two minutes. So that memory when we were having memory in Poland, we have a different type of memory going on in Israel as well. And then um, after the Memorial Day, like a light switch, the fireworks start and it's <laughs> celebratory and it's um, Independence Day. Yeah. So we have sort of those emotions up and down in Poland and we have them in Israel as well. Yeah. In 2020, a survey was conducted here in the United States to analyze knowledge of the Holocaust among millennials and members of Gen Z. Um, And and you know this, the results were not great. In fact, uh, among adults under 40, more than one in 10 respondents did not recall ever having heard the word Holocaust before, which is astounding. Why do you think knowledge of the Holocaust is so lacking among the younger generations today? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I wish there was an easy answer to any any of this. Um, I unfortunately think that even just when I am teaching our teens, um, they're sort of, um, I don't want this to sound horrible, but sort of there's that Sesame Street moment of like, we can only learn clips of, you know, 20 minutes of something at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and I so I think that's a piece of it. Um, I think people don't like to hear horrible things. Um, So that's a piece of it. The Holocaust was horrible. Um, And then there's the question of, since then, there's been so many other genocides. And so people will say, well, should we be learning one over the other? Um, I think we should be understanding all of it and knowing that um, using the Holocaust as a bridge to understand other parts of history and why never again is really important and it's not just on the Jewish community, though anti-Semitism is rising, Mm -hmm. but to understand that we have a responsibility globally for never again. Yeah. Now I had the opportunity to go because, um, well, Rabbi Goodman asked me to, and to kind of help, I guess, in a a quasi leadership role with him. 
But um, this is geared towards young Jewish students, college students especially. Um, but there's also high school a, students. High school students. There we go. Um, but there are opportunities for non-Jewish adults to go as well. Right. Can you talk about uh, how people can learn more about March of the Living and, and register, perhaps? Sure. Well, just to say that um, March of the Living 2023, we really are closed at this point. Um, but there will be March of the Living 2024, the first two weeks of May. Um, I already know the dates and how that will impact our high school students for the APs. Um, but you can go to the international website is www.motl.org, like March of the Living. Um, and there are delegations for, especially for adults and young adults, our European delegations are primarily um, non-Jewish community. Um, so there are ways to be able to participate. Um, most of our teen delegations from the United States are Jewish youth, really sort of one last shot in the arm before they go to college of Jewish identity and also being able to learn ways to combat some of the anti-Semitic um, tropes that happen on campus. Sure. Well, Marsha, I want to thank you for what you do and for what the March of the Living does to not only keep the memory of the Holocaust alive, but to teach its lessons and to do so in person there at the sites. Thank you for all you do, and thanks for coming on Gesher today. Oh, thank you for having me. You've been listening to Gesher, a ministry outreach production of FOI Equip, your free resource for learning and engaging with the scriptures from a Jewish perspective. To learn more, visit foiequip.org. And for more information about Thai, visit foi.org forward slash Perry. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.